Hi, Buttons and Figs listeners. It's Pamela Rogers here. This April Fool's Day looks and feels a lot different from last April Fool's Day. But nonsense and laughter can bring a bit of escape and relief. So here is our ridiculous and nonsensical audio play from last April Fool's Day. Our play features other podcasters that belong to Kids Listen. And be sure to check out the new Kids Listen Activity Podcast, where you can hear a different show each day along with a great activity. And if you have added time, Perhaps you'll want to learn our new alphabet song that you'll hear on this episode. Take care out there. Happy April Fool's Day. Calico Coast Station and its affiliated stations present Buttons and Figs and the Oyster Actors on the Air in The War of the Foods, I mean Fools, by Pamela Rogers. I don't care a button. I don't care a button. Ladies and gentlemen, the director of Buttons and Figs Theater and star of these broadcasts, Pamela Rogers. We know now that we are not alone in the universe. We know now we are humans. We don't know who they are. But we do know now that we humans are busy creatures, like bees or ants or even beavers. We know now that in the 19th century which means the 1800s. Or was it the 18th century, which means the 1700s? That, that is so confusing. You'd think that they would say the 19th century and it would mean the 1900s, and the 18th century would mean the... Well, anyways. We know now that our world is being watched by intelligences greater than ours, but yet as playful and nonsensical as our own. It was on this day, that day, right here now, April 1st, in which weird happenings began to happen. Reporters from all over the globe began to report. From all over the world, they reported reportable events, reportable strange happenings, reportable odd sightings of reportable weird incidences, Reportable, unusual circumstances. Nonsense appeared to be on a collision course with reason. It was in this place, in the 46th year of the 19th century, or the 1800s, whatever, whence they came, these curious creatures, to dine on mints and slices of quince, eating with a runcible spoon. And hand in hand on the edge of the sand, they danced by the light of the moon. The moon, the moon, they danced by the light of the moon. Did, did you just hear that? 
I hear strange voices now, on this evening, at the beginning of April, April 1st to be exact. I thought the past was the past. I mean, business was better. The nonsense scare from 1783 was over. More children were back at play. Sales were picking up. But now that we hear these voices... And hand in hand on the edge of the sand we better report. So let's check in with our reporters who are reporting to find out if they know anything about who these voices belong to. Moon, the moon, they dance by the light of the moon. On this particular April 1st evening... The Calico Cast Services estimated that 32 million people were listening in on podcasts. But first, we take you to the weather report. Because we do not know now the weather. For the next 24 hours, not much change in temperature. A slight atmospheric disturbance. Weird winds of undetermined origin have been reported over the western sea, causing a low-pressure area to move down rather rapidly over the states, starting with an A bringing a forecast of fruit, meat, buttons, and weird letters, accompanied by winds of light gale force. Maximum temperature 408 degrees, minimum 8 this weather report comes to you from the Edward Lear Weather Bureau. We now take you near the hills of the Chinkley Bourne, downtown Coromandel, where you will be entertained by the music of Miss Amy Burns and her orchestra playing that hummable tune, Portmanteaus Are Useful. Portmanteaus are useful when you walk around. Portmanteaus are useful all over town. Portmanteaus are useful if you were to see. Turtle with an umbrella standing next to me. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Jelly Bully Radio News. At 20 minutes before 8 Central Time, Professor Smuckers of the Oak Park Observatory near Chicago, Illinois, reports observing several explosions of greenish gas occurring at regular intervals on the planet Chibity Tip. The spectroscope indicates the gas to be methane and moving towards the Earth with enormous velocity. Professor Skippy of the observatory at PB&J Labs confirms Smucker's observation and describes the phenomenon as, quote, like a vibration of blue flame coming from a coppery gong, unquote. We now return you to the music of Miss Amy Burns. How we play. Play, 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 play. The beginning sounds Ladies and gentlemen, following on the news given in our bulletin a moment ago, the Lear Weather Bureau has requested the nation to be on watch for any further disturbances in the skies above. Due to the unusual nature of this occurrence, we have arranged an interview with noted astronomer Professor Oscar Meyer who will give us his views on the event. In a few moments, we will take you to the Olympia Springs Observatory in Olympia Springs, Kentucky. 
We return you until then to the music of Amy Burns and her orchestra. We are now ready to take you to the Olympia Springs Observatory in Olympia Springs, where Rosie Smellentine will interview Professor Oscar Meyer, famous astronomer. We now take you to Kentucky. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rosie Smellentine speaking to you from the observatory at Olympia Springs. I am standing in a large semicircle room, pitch black, except for an oblong spit in the ceiling. Through this opening, I can see a sprinkling of stars that cast a kind of frosty glow over the intricate mechanism of the huge telescope. The ticking sound you hear is the vibration of the clockwork. Professor Oscar Meyer stands directly above me on a small platform, peering through a giant lens. I ask you to be patient, ladies and gentlemen, during any delay that may arise during our interview. Besides his ceaseless watch of the heavens, Professor Oscar Meyer may be interrupted by telephone or other communications. During this period, he is in constant touch with the astronomical centers of the world. Professor Meyer, may I begin our questions? At any time. Professor, would you please tell our podcast audience exactly what you see as you observe the sky through your telescope? Nothing unusual at the moment. Wait, I see a sieve sailing toward Earth. There appears to be tiny little creatures aboard. Their heads appear green and their hands blue. Quite distinct now because it's sailing right towards us. In your opinion, what do these creatures want from us, Professor Oscar Meyer? They are holding up a sign. Can you read it, Professor Meyer? Can you? It's getting closer. What does it say, Professor Meyer? It says, we come for Stilton Cheese. What? Are you sure, Professor Meyer? Yes, I'm sure that's what it says. Well, that seems rather specific. Just a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Someone has just handed Professor Oscar Meyer a message. While he reads it, let me remind you that we are speaking to you from the observatory in Olympia Springs, Kentucky where we are interviewing the world-famous astronomer, Professor Oscar Meyer. One moment, please. Professor Oscar Meyer has passed me a message which he has just received. Professor, reporters are arriving on the scene. May I ask one of them to read the note you just received? Certainly. Ladies and gentlemen, I shall read to you a wire addressed from a Mrs. Crouch, who is a farm woman working right outside the observatory. It reads, Dear Professor Meyer, I am working right outside your observatory, making soap, which is a smelly job. 
and while I was doing so, I was hit on the top of my head by a falling piece of meat. Then a whole shower of meat started raining down. Please step outside and investigate. Or have lunch. Sincerely, Mrs. Crouch. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the latest bulletin from the Jelly Bully Radio News. Creatures aboard a vessel that looks oddly like a sieve are demanding stilton cheese and singing what can only be described as, well, an odd alphabet song. We have dispatched a mobile unit to the scene. We're going back now to Olympia Springs, Kentucky, where we have more on the falling meat. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. I have now stepped outside of the observatory here in Olympia Springs, and I'm here with Mrs. Crouch. What an unusual and fantastic scene. I've seen nothing of the sort in my life. This meat shower is... Well, it's either a miracle or a grisly warning. Chunks of meat are covering a large area of town. I'd say about 100 yards long, 50 yards wide. You know, like the size of a football field. The police are over there roping off the... Oh, and we just lost Mrs. Crouch. I was going to ask her a question, but she seems to be running after her neighbor, Ben, who uh, is trying to eat the meat. I wouldn't recommend that. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm about to say is most unusual. It's not something that I imagined I would say when I got into journalism, but one of the pieces of meat wants to talk. Hello, Mr. Meat. Can you tell us in your own words, where on earth did you come from? Well, I, I think it's best if I don't give away the mystery. <laughs> I like to see folks... A bit confused. It keeps the curiosity strong. You know you know what they say. When there is mystery, there is there's hope. Here is what I can tell you though, because uh I can actually see into the future. I'm a clairvoyant meat. And uh there will be a man. A man named uh his name's gonna be Mick Sullivan. And he's gonna start a, a podcast. <coughs> he's gonna have a baby gurgling in the background. <laughs> anyway, and that podcast is going to be for uh, it's going to be for kids, and it's going to be about history, weird history, fun history stuff, and that baby's not going to be quiet during it at all. <clears throat> but he, Mick Sullivan, he's going to tell my tale, and he'll write a book, a book that he's going to call the Meat Shower. And just so everyone knows, I gave him that title. He got it from me. He wanted to call it. <clears throat> I think you'd like the meat deluge or something silly like that. Can you imagine? <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, my. Are you you okay? Can, some, can somebody get this guy a glass of ketchup? His meat is, uh, he's choking. And, uh, does anybody hear a baby? This is the most extraordinary experience. I can't find words. Ouch. Wow, this meat shower hurts. Even though I can't find the words to explain these things, I know all the folks at the podcast, the past and the curious, have found the words. Their podcast is all kinds of strange stories from history. Be sure to subscribe to the past and the curious for more reporting on this meat shower and other strange history. 
And be sure to check out the book The Meat Shower by Mick Sullivan, host and creator of The Past and Curious, illustrated by Shay Goodlett. Odd, that piece of meat can see into the future. Ladies and gentlemen, am I on? Ladies and gentlemen, here I am back of a stone wall that adjoins Kentucky to California. From here, I get a sweep of the whole scene. I'll give you every detail as long as I can talk, as long as I can see. More state police have arrived. They're drawing up a quadrant in front of the pit, about 30 of them. But in the distance, there seems to be music playing. It's sort of a catchy tune. Let's check in with... Ladies and gentlemen, we have found the source of the music. It is coming from a composer. He also appears to have his children nearby. He must also be a dad. Excuse me, excuse me, composer dad? Can we speak with you? I'm so close, so, so close. I've been hearing voices in my head since the reports of creatures whose heads are green and hands are blue sailing towards Earth. These voices won't go away. They are telling me to write a new alphabet song. These creatures do not like the current order of the song. Apparently, when they hear A, B, C, D, E, F, G, it makes their necks turn orange and they lose their toes. They say everybody knows this, but it was certainly news to me. Tell us, Composer Dad, what is the new order of the alphabet to keep them happy and to make sure they don't lose their toes? I believe I'm so close. It begins like this. Time for a new alphabet song. Everybody, let's sing along. Sing along! Let's all learn the alphabet. Boom, boo-doo, boom, boom, boo I've just been handed a report, Composer Dad. It appears Professor Oscar Myers is looking through his telescope. He can see the little creatures tapping their toes as you sing your new alphabet song. It's working. It's working. Come on. It's easy. Let's all learn the alphabet. Start with the letters right in the middle. M and O. Now skip to the end, that's the foizelato, a made-up word that rhymes with gelato. And the third letter of gelato is L. I know it will be very confusing for everyone to adjust to this new order, but the world is changing fast, and we need to adapt. Everyone, sing my new alphabet song! Skip every other letter from B to F, that's B, D, F. Now hop to the top to find an A All alone, that's A-okay And the second letter of alone is L For let's all learn the alphabet Ha-ha! Now go find them Stilton Cheese! Composer Dad, this intense compositional challenge has stabilized the situation for the nation for now. We must add, if you find yourself confronted with an intense compositional challenge of your own, then you need to search for his podcast, Composer Dad, a.k.a. Jonathan Roberts, every day, or at least on his episodes. He encounters intense compositional challenges. Tune in as he takes on challenges from Shakespeare, the Bible, and a talking mountain. Oh, I'm just getting word. The mountain is really a volcano. A volcano. Amazing. Wow. 
Now, let's check in with our roving reporter to see how the children of the nation are handling these odd happenings. In the view of the gravity of the situation, and believing that radio has responsibility to serve in the public interest at all times, I mean, what if the little ones with green heads and blue hands make a student alphabet all out of order? What if strange meats fall from the sky again? What if we can't figure out a way to end this April Fool's episode? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Eric O'Keefe, the creator and prognosticator of What If World. He alone will be able to answer these questions. He gets calls from around the world with the toughest What If questions known to man. He's answered questions such as, What if popcorn could talk? And what if French fries and soft drinks went to war? Mr. Eric, what questions are you working on now? Thanks for asking, Scott. My name's Zach. Scotty, I'm actually listening back to past what-if questions to see if the lessons are changing because of all the odd events happening. Well, Mr. Eric, we're talking with kids from around the world, and they want to know, what if we begin singing the alphabet song out of order? And what if meat falls from the sky again? These are very tough questions, Jasper. It's, It's Zach. Jaspy boy. These are the kinds of questions that keep me up at night. Okay, um, do you have an answer, though? Of course I do. Let's take a look back to see if a few of the lessons we learned on What If World can help guide us. When I answered the question, what if crabs could dance and superheroes lost their powers and animals got them on episode 86, we learned that hard work is required to become good at something new. And when I answered, what if puzzles could walk and talk, in episode 106, we learned we can all be happy even when things aren't perfect. And those lessons apply to these issues because... Well, Officer Mudcakes, I'm glad you asked. My my name is Zach. It's one syllable. You see, we learned that hard work can help us become good at new things. So we can learn to sing the alphabet any which way. And maybe Composer Dad will help us with a catchy tune. And you know, meat showers don't have to be such a bummer. If you don't eat meat, well, adopt a cat. If you used to go to the butcher store, well, now an upside down umbrella is your butcher store. The past and the curious has many stories about how he persevered throughout history. And if all that isn't enough to make you happy, well, I can just make donuts come to life or or have you meet a Halloween unicorn with a half-ghost horn. I think we're losing the thread here, Mr. Eric. Ooh, what if thread came to life and wrapped you up like a mummy? Oh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, tune in to What If World. You can subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. Listen to episodes 86 and 106 before it's too late. Oh, uh, Mr. Eric, can we ask you one more question? Sure thing, Zach. Oh, you finally got my name right. A lack of bing-bongolio. Oh. Can, can you just tell us where we could find some Stilton cheese? The cheese shop on the corner has a great selection. Oh, but what if you get there and they're only selling teddy bears? Or what if the cheese is too stinky? So you can't carry it and hold your nose. So you drop it and the creatures with the green heads and blue hands don't get any. We'll leave Mr. Eric to his what-if questions. Or what if it sucks you into a portal to a cheese dimension? Um, thanks to Mr. Eric and What If World for calming the fears of the nation. Or what if it has holes in it like Swiss cheese but the shoot lasers. Let's check in now with the cheese shop on the corner. And when the lasers hit you, they turn you into lasers. And then everybody's lasers. 
were reporting here in the cheese shop on the corner. There is a terrible smell, folks. The smell is overwhelming. I will have to hold my nose. Excuse me. Excuse me. Are you the owner of the cheese shop? Yes. How can I help you? I shall try not to conceal the gravity of the situation. Please remain calm. We have time to act responsibly and resourcefully. Have you heard the reports? Reports? What reports? I've been in the back talking to the cheese. What reports? Are you kidding? The world is going crazy! There is meat falling from the sky! We have to learn a new alphabet song and the creatures are almost here! I thought you said to remain calm. Of course. Of course. Reports also tell us little creatures with green heads and blue hands are sailing in a sieve heading towards Earth. They are demanding Stilton cheese! Calm down. Yes, yes. We are here to find out for the nation. Do you, in fact, have any Stilton cheese? As a matter of fact, I only sell Stilton cheese. Thank goodness. You, cheese shop owner, will be a hero not only for the nation, but in the world. Wait, what is Stilton cheese? And what's that incredible smell? Why, Stilton cheese is the king of English cheeses. There are only six dairies in the world allowed to make Stilton cheese. The cheese is made from cow's milk. It must be made in cylindrical shape. Never pressed, and it must have magical blue veins. That must be why their hands are blue, from eating so much Stilton cheese. I will leave you to your work. Thank you for calming me, the nation, and the world. The creatures have impactable taste in cheese. Sales are indeed picking up. Ladies and gentlemen, it looks like our current crisis has been averted. We have found the cheese. It. The cheese. And we do not stand alone. The cheese stands alone. The cheese stands alone. Um. Hi ho, Vidario. The cheese stands alone. Back to you to finally put an end to this episode. I'm now here, back in my peaceful studio. Reflecting upon the strange happenings. And as I looked up from my April Fool haze, I realized I just am not sure what comes next. Let's go back to where this story began and see if Professor Oscar Meyer can help us determine what we must do now. Excuse me, excuse me, Professor Meyer. We have returned to you to ask one final question. The creatures have landed. They are tapping their toes. We have brought them their Stilton cheese. What now? What we, as a people, must now decide. Is it time to cut the cheese? This is Pamela Rogers, ladies and gentlemen, out of character to assure you that the War of the Fools has no further significance 
than as the holiday offering it was intended to be. So, happy April Fool's Day. This was our own Buttons and Figs Theaters way of pulling an April Fool's prank. (laughs) But we couldn't put sugar in your salt containers on this day, so we did the next best thing. We brought nonsense to your very ears, and you will be relieved, I hope, to learn that we have not lost all reason, because the podcasts included on this episode are, in fact, ones you should tune into. Mick Sullivan, host of The Past and the Curious, knows how to mine history for great stories, and you really can learn more about the meat shower because that was an actual event from history. So be sure to find his book. And Jonathan Roberts, a.k.a. Composer Dad, really does take on intense compositional challenges, and you can actually hear the full out-of-order alphabet song on his podcast. And if you have any what-if ideas you would like to see come to life, you can, for reals, send them to Eric O'Keefe, story weaver extraordinaire from the podcast What If World. With the hashtag KidsListenAprilFools, you'll find a whole host of great April Fools listening. We know now that nonsensical lessons lead to April Fools Day. So goodbye, everyone. Happy April Fools Day. Tonight, the Calico Cast Systems and its affiliated stations, coast to coast, have brought you The War of the Fools by Pamela Rogers, the 53rd production of its fortnightly series of dramatic broadcasts featuring the voices of Ellie, Sophie, Chloe, Tamara, Mike, Mark Pena, and music by Miss Amy Burns. And a special thanks to podcast pals from Kids Listen, Mick Sullivan, Jonathan Roberts, and Eric O'Keefe. Thanks for jumping aboard our sieve to play with this loose, loose, loose parody of H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds radio broadcast from 1938. Thanks goes out to Sarah Torby, the rare and Sharon librarian herself for planting the seeds for this weird broadcast. And to Savannah Trade and Gooch for spreading the love of nonsense books. To Anne Picard for drawing our fig. And to Zap Splat for giving us our sound effects. Till we meet again. When your head turns green and your hands turn blue. (laughs) Thanks for listening to me and you and you and me. This is Buttons and Figs, a podcast for kids about playing with April Fool's Day. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio. Happy April Fool's Day. (laughs) Happy April Fool's Day. <laughs> oh, oh I, I wish, wish I was an Oscar minor wiener. Oh, that is what I truly want to be. And if I were an Oscar minor wiener, everyone would fall in love with me. Is it time to cut the cheese? <laughs> <laughs>